What's up, guys? Welcome to the Maintenance Delay Podcast. This is our brand new podcast. I'm Kevin. I'm Landon. And we're two, uh, we're two aircraft maintenance people. Mechanic, that's the word I was looking for. We're two aircraft mechanics that uh, we just want to shine some light on an industry that, from a different side of the industry that I feel affects everybody. Like, who do you know that doesn't fly on a plane? My parents. Well, old people are different. Yeah, right. But especially in today's age, everybody flies on planes and all the podcasts out there, pilots, ex-pilots, there's not really any commercial aviation maintenance side of it. And there's all maintenance delays, people are always mad, like, what do they mean when the gate agent says this plane's delayed for maintenance? And I just feel like we could shine a lot of light on that. Yeah, that's true. A uh, gate agent asked me the other day, what's wrong with it? And I said, uh, there's a transducer on the accumulator that's bad. And she goes, so I should just go tell everybody that there's a transducer that's bad <laughs> on the accumulator. I said, yeah, sure, if that's what you want. <laughs> She's like, I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. I'm just going to say there's a maintenance delay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so with that being said, let's, uh, let's roll the intro and just get right into this. So I've been thinking about... How push to, record? Yeah, I've been thinking oh. about how to how to start going about this, and I feel like a good first topic about is people just people take everything for granted in the industry. They get mad whenever stuff doesn't. There's delays all across the the industry, and it's not always maintenance delays, but the. A plane will come in and have to be out in 30 minutes, and people get mad that it doesn't make that 30-minute turn. But no one knows all the all the shit that goes into getting that plane in and out in that small window. So you're talking about these uh, delays. And, yeah, and uh, it's not always maintenance. No, but people are really big on these delays. Like the uh, DOT keeps track of everybody's delays catering cleaners pilots flight attendants maintenance before we go into that you're talking about like catering and all this let's go into people don't like i said people don't know everything that goes into a plane in order to get it out of here it's like a plane will come in and everyone knows like pilots and flight attendants and they're like a huge part of what goes mm-hmm. on, yeah. but they don't know everything that goes on outside of the plane. So a plane will come in, you got to get, they have to get all the bags off. There's like three, some, our planes have like three different cargo bins they have to unload. And then you got the big Delta planes have big fucking bins with like hundreds and hundreds of bags. You got to get all those unloaded before you can load the new ones on. Then some of those planes have, like, mail in them and stuff. It's not all just Oh, luggage. yeah, there's blood, organs, human organs. It's crazy you see the crap. Dead bodies. 
I, don't know, I haven't seen any dead bodies, oh, but I saw, I've seen a few. I see mail go in and out a lot of these planes. I was like, I never thought like, oh yeah, I guess uh, USPS yeah. can contract these guys and uh, yeah, flying since they're flying anyway. Yeah, they have all the extra room. These big planes have like thousand, like huge takeoff weights. So yeah. why not just fill it with mail? <coughs> but you got to get all like those hundreds and hundreds of bags unloaded. Then, especially not at like those like smaller airports like Bemidji or like like smaller places, they won't do it. But you come to like a major airport, and you have catering has to get on the plane to put all the food and all all the drinks on there, and cleaners. Cleaners come on, they vacuum the plane and clean up all the shit from there. Lavatory guys outside dumping the lav. Yeah, you got the lav guys, they serve, they dump the lav and service it. And while they're doing that, you got the water guys that are putting drinkable water. And Then you got a new crew sometimes coming on. And then you've got mechanics trying to get on there and do stuff. Just yeah. a madhouse. Yeah, and a lot of times it's all happening at the same time. So, like, I'm sitting there trying to sign off sign off a plane, and catering hops on. you got to move out of the way for catering. And then, then the gate agent comes down. Are you guys ready to board yet? And all this madness is still going on. Yeah, so a lot of times it's not even us that cause the delay. It's a combination of, like, three, four different companies in general. Mm-hmm. Because they're all, a lot of just contract people. Some of it's all handled by one the airline that you might be flying on, but a lot of it's a lot of contract people. There is, and a lot of like I said, a lot of people don't know everything that goes into it. They just hear delay and they think, oh, something's wrong with the plane. It's maintenance. Yeah, it's easy to blame maintenance for a delay too. It is because we can see all the delays that happen within our company at the end of the day. And anytime something goes wrong, it's labeled maintenance, even though it wasn't. Yeah. It's, uh, We're fighting these delays all the time. Sometimes we get blamed for weather delays even. But sometimes we can blame the weather on a maintenance delay. Just pretty awesome. It doesn't happen often. but Yeah. It's always really weird. You go see a – you could track the planes online. And you can see a plane, like, flying to Grand Forks. And they get over, like, the airport. Then they're like, ah, oh, now we're going to turn around. It's weather. It's like you couldn't have just fucking landed there. You were already there. Well, maybe uh, we deferred their wing anti-us before they left. And there was some um, uh, thick layer of clouds that had to f- descend through in icing conditions. And then they can't do that because we didn't fix it. We deferred it. A lot of people don't know about that either. That, uh, cause I'll be talking to like family and friends, they'll like ask about the job and they're like, you'll be surprised at like what these planes can fly without. And yeah. they're like, you can fly without stuff? Like, yeah. Where there's, there's lots a of difference. redundancy. There's a difference between hangar maintenance and line maintenance. Every airline has hangar maintenance and line maintenance. Us, we're line maintenance guys. So us as line maintenance guys, we don't always fix the problem. Granted, the if it's, if it's something it. major, they're not going to let you fly without it. But, like, just for instance, 
we get called out for to a plane. It's due out in five minutes, and there's like a light bulb out. That you could just put a sticker on it saying, "Yeah, we know the light bulb's out, but we don't have time to fix it." So yeah, then, it's just a little bit of paperwork. Yeah, so that's what that's what he means by deferral. There's some stuff like that's when uh, you're. S- Sitting there on the plane, boarded up, ready to leave, and the crew will come on and say, "Oh, maintenance is on board. They're just finishing up some paperwork." We didn't actually fix anything. Most likely, we just uh, deferred something to get you going as quick as you could. Yeah, and, some and safely. Don't that is the that key one. part of our job: is get the plane out on time and safely. They would rather take a delay in order to make something safe than to just get it out on time. Oh, yeah, and I think most mechanics are, uh, all the ones I've ever worked with over the years have been pretty, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Cognizant? No, like, uh, you know, like the company's not going to tell you to, hey, I know this isn't the way you should do this, but do this yeah anyway. what's yeah. The, like because you mechanics aren't gonna do that i've straight up called them like called been called out to a plane for like and like just to service o2 and i'll look and it'll be serviced like three times that one day and i'll call i'll call the maintenance control people who track who track all this stuff i'll be like yeah this plane has a really bad history of this i'm gonna and they're like all right well we'll buy you a couple hours Integrity, that's the word I'm looking for. That was one of our uh, 12 uh, characteristic trait type things. When I was in school, we had to do like this character building shit. Mm-hmm. And each, every couple months, it was a different like characteristic. And one of them was integrity. What do you mean by when you were in school? Um, like last year? <laughs> Man, I've been here for two years to talk about last year. But, uh, no, I guess that's a good transition. In order, you know how, like, uh, accountants, they got, like, the CPA or the CNA or whatever the fuck that test is in order to, like, get your accountant license? Okay. No, I don't know anything about accounting, but anyway, go for it. Keep well, going. All right, so this is going to be hard to explain. How, how do you not know that? There's a certain test in well, order what for. What do I care about? There's a. It's the same thing that we do. There's a test. So long story short, like since, the accountants since like, Landon's just being stupid over here. <laughs> there's um, pretty sure you guys know what I'm talking about. The te- there's like a CPA or whatever, and all accountants have to take it. They have to study like it's after school. Like they go to college to prep for that test like then, the bar exam a logger takes yes like that i guess that that's a that's the same example mm. but uh, i don't know what you cpas out there take sorry but there's um that's basically the same thing you have to do as a aircraft mechanic is you i went to school each school is different too i found out i didn't really know 
I knew whenever I was coming out, like, growing up, and I got into, like, high school, and they started asking, like, oh, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't fucking know. Who, who knows what they want to do the rest of their life? But I knew I liked working with my hands. Building Legos was fun as shit. Mm. I still build Legos, by the way. I'll buy, like, those $100, like, Death Star shit from the Mall of America. Well, you're a nerd. It's fun. I'll have that shit built in like two days too. Like I'll do nothing but do that until it's done. I remember I would play with Legos and Tinker Toys and <clears throat> You ever like, play with uh, Lincoln Logs? I had Lincoln Logs, yeah. I think that was before my time. Psst, whatever. I was more of a Lego guy. Only Lego Star Wars. My sister bought me Connects for Christmas once and it pissed me off. Mm. Connects are shit. I would make little cars like with the Tinker Toys and Legos. And then I would take uh, old uh, like remote control car motors and take those out of the cars. And then, but they were always propeller-driven cars. Always made propeller-driven cars with the motors. See, that's too advanced for me. <laughs> I do well, that. my propellers are made out of. My parents paper. wouldn't buy me remote control cars. Yeah. I found out the other day at work that you had a pretty pl- privileged. Childhood. I don't know that I'd say privileged. I was a lucky. Compared to me and the other guy we were well, talking you, to in the you shop. You grew up in the Chicago. I didn't. I think there's a difference. I grew up on like 45 minutes south of Chicago. Because some people get pissed off when you say you're from Chicago, but you're really from Joliet, which is where I'm from. But if I'm out of state, if I say... Granted, Joliet's a bad example because it's home of the Blues Brothers and that's where they filmed Prison Break. So a lot of people, like, I'll talk to them about it and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I know that place. Uh, I've always thought it was ghetto, but I don't... I've probably never been there. It is. It's extremely fucking ghetto. But, uh... But you went on vacations as a kid. You flew places, went out of the country. Yeah, we did. I didn't do that. I didn't fly on a commercial airplane until I was... A teenager, and that's only because I won a 4-H award. What's a 4-H award? That's something you you win. That's 4-H. No, I wouldn't know. I didn't win shit. That's when you live out in the country and you're a kid and you join 4-H. I forget heart, health, happiness, home. I don't know what the 4-H's stand for anymore. I'll have to look that up. But, you know, just differences on where people grew up. Yeah. I grew up in the South. and uh, grew up as a country boy. and I grew up in the 80s city, and 90s. Grew up in the city in like the late 90s, early thousands. The late 90s. When were you born? 95. You didn't grow up in the late 90s. You yeah. I was in school by the time. I, when 9-11 hit, I was like in first, first grade. Hmm. Well... So granted, I will give you <laughs> what I remember from my childhood was all in the 2000s. Because who remembers anything before they were like five or six? Even then, like, I still struggle to remember that kind of shit. Yeah, I don't remember who that. <clears throat> but uh, back to what, what the yeah. fuck were we talking about before? Kevin got us off topic. Before you started talking about 4-H. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, schools. We oh, yeah. uh, Oral and up. practical. I was growing up, and I was like, oh, yeah, who, who the fuck wants to know? Who knows what they want to do with their life? 
then I, I just remembered I like working with my hands. My neighbor across the street would always work on like my mom's car and shit. So then uh, I always liked helping him out, and I was like, oh, I should probably I should put this to like use. And I told myself I was like, oh, I want to be an aerospace engineer. You didn't even know what that was. So I took I kind of knew what it was. A guy walks in like if you work for Boeing, a guy walks in, he's like, I want these feet. Gives you a list of features on a plane and how like big and shit like dimensions he wants and you have to make all of it work yeah like my sister-in-law she has a cousin that works for boeing i think he might be an aerospace engineer that's all Air that was quotes, the, aerospace that was the engineer. Key, key phrase that i wanted growing up i was like i want to be an aerospace engineer my brother then eventually i realized i was like because I took, like, a bunch of drafting classes and shit. And I went to, like, a state competition for drafting. I was pretty good at it. Granted, I got, like, a zero out of 50 on at the competition because I used the wrong program. Mm. But uh, my teacher was pretty mad at me about that, too. But um, You weren't good at following directions, huh? I accidentally sat at the wrong computer because I thought mm. they were all the same. But one mm. row of computers was one program and one row of computers was the other. So I sat down, I was like, well, shit. Well, kudos to you for knowing how to use two different programs, I suppose. I didn't. I got a zero. Oh. Well, I only knew how know. to use one. Well, you should have said something <laughs> at that time. I should have, low-key, but um, it's in the past now. I got, really I, like, I got a day off of school for hockey. it. Hockey. got a day off of school for it, so I'm like, not mad. Because you were bad you got a day off of school? No. Oh. But uh, I was growing up, and I always wanted to do, like, something with my hands and, like, do work with tools and shit. Then I realized an aerospace engineer, you just sit in the office and draw. And I was like, man, I fucking suck at drawing. My extent of drawing is like stick figures. What do you do now? Your typical day. Sit in the office and... Well, yeah, but... Play on your we're phone? Not, we're not drawing. We're oh. watching TV and bullshitting. But, uh... Then I decided I wanted to go a different route, and I wanted to be, like, a mechanic for airplanes. So uh, I didn't know, like, how to go about doing that. I was kind of in, like, the wrong crowd. I was just living by myself. My mom moved out when I was 17. So I was just living by myself, working at a pizza place. It's like, I know what I want to do. I don't know how to go about doing it. So then uh, my godfather said that there's a school down in San Antonio that specializes in that. And I looked into it, and that school is, like, number one in Texas, top three in the nation for, like, aircraft mechanics. So I was like, ah, oh, bet. If I'm going to go somewhere, I'm going to go big. I'm going to go to, like, the top place. Bad decision in the long run because now I'm a lot of money in debt. And apparently you don't have to spend that kind of money to get your license. No. I no. found out. But I was uh, at a community college. Yeah. I was talk- $8,000. I was talking to Nate, and his, his shit was, like, less than ten. Yeah. Of course, I, my, me and Nate got our licenses, like, you know, several years ago. Yeah, just inflation. But I don't think inflation wouldn't count. No. I'm pretty I sure think- the school that I went to now would probably be, like, maybe twelve. Mine was 33. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. There's a lot of people spending that money. Yeah, and it's like the same education you'd get at like anywhere else up here. Yeah. And I went all the way. I traveled 
from Chicago to San Antonio to go to fucking school. And I could have just came up here to like Winona or something. I've worked with uh, people from lots of different schools. They're all the same. Some of the people that pay a lot of money are the dumbest mechanics I've ever worked with. Well, you don't have to throw shade at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, Kevin. Not you. But None I work with now. They're all, that's all in the past. Oh, maybe except for one. Yeah. Apparently it's different programs too like i went for a year and a half and uh some of you get your associates did you get your associates i I went for a year and a half and in that year and a half you had no option you had to take uh like we had like a trig class and holy crap that sucks we had a trig class an algebra class uh psych their play mechanics are Humani- probably need that sock class. We're not all right in the head. Humanities and composition. Humanities. Yeah, that's that's a fucking story. That class. But uh, I'll, I'll get back to that. Remind me. But um, you had to take all those classes, and at the end of the at the end of the year and a half, you got two associate's degrees. One in technology of power plant and one for technology of airframe which is the the licenses you need for the licenses you need to be an aircraft mechanic is your airframe and power plant power plant covers anything that for the engines it takes like two years basically 18 months mine was 15 technically 17 because the way mine worked was if you fail a class, you have to wait two months for the class behind you to get to that class, and you can retake it. But and it's the, like a full-time job. It's, yeah, we went. Mine was Monday through Friday. My, I did, mine was four semesters. I had summers off, and it was. Yeah, see, Nate said he had some summers off, too, but mine was year-round. Every four months, you got a week off, and that's it. Mm. Yeah. Every three months, you got a week off. We we didn't even get we didn't get spring break though, because uh, that's what one of our technically one of our weeks off was like spring break. Because you have to, the government government makes you put in x amount of hours, but it was yeah was because if you Monday miss, through Friday eight to three, yeah, well, Monday was, through Thursday eight to three, and then Friday was a half day like eight to noon. Yeah, my, ours was Monday through Friday probably. Seven to two, seven to three. It's worth it though. It's not that long. It is. I I looked forward to going to school. I was like, this shit's fun, and I did pretty good. I got like dean's list or whatever all the way through school, but the very last class there was like a capstone where like they test everything you learned. It was like a mini A and P test just for like airframe, and I was like, man, I'm not ready for this. So I was like, I'm just going to fail it and then use those two months to study up and retake it. So everyone got all, my family and friends got all mad at me, like, oh, you failed the class. Like, uh, I had a girlfriend at the time, and I failed the class, and she broke up with me back in Chicago. Because we were together for like three years. She's like, oh, you failed. She's like, you're never going to. She's like, that just shows you're never going to make it. And, like, she lost all faith in me. 
Because what class did you fail? What the, did you fail? the capstone class at the end, that's like a mini airframe class. It was like an airframe test. Because they give you like a their version of like the airframe test to see if you're ready to actually go and take the test with like the DME guy that gives you your license. And I failed it on purpose because I wasn't ready. So I was like, mm. I'm not even going to try. I'm going to just sit here and use this time to study and then I'm going to use the next two months while I'm waiting for the class to come back around and use that two months to study and pass it. And it went exactly as planned. I failed it on purpose, used those two months to study, and passed it the next time. Mm. So technically, it took me 17 months. Mm. Well, on a side note, it sounds like it's your, that girlfriend you had was pretty shitty. Uh... Just it was for, pretty shitty of her <laughs> for that. Because that was my plan was to go down there to Texas and go to school and come back and get a job in Chicago. And I had a job lined up to go back to Chicago, and they were just waiting on my A&P. Yeah. But then she broke up with me because I failed and thought I was never coming back. So I moved I was, to Miami for a girl, and then she... Uh, Never moved to Miami. We broke up. I quit my job that I really enjoyed as an A&P and moved to Miami. She's like, oh, let's move to Miami. So, uh, whatever. That All just right. sounds like a terrible idea to begin with. Ah, well, you know. You no know. offense against Miami. It just doesn't sound like a place that I want to live. Well, I never tried. Florida in general just there. doesn't sound like a good time to me. But, uh, yeah, I got a job down there. Went and found an apartment. Then we broke up. She never moved down there, and I was stuck. <laughs> it sucked. I didn't stay for very long. Eight months, nine months. How long were you together before uh, when you moved there? I don't know. A year, I'd say. Me and this girl, we're together two years. We started dating junior year of high school. And, like, we already had, like, kid names picked out and shit. And, like, mm. we were in it for the long run. But for some reason, I decided to go across the country to Texas to go to school instead of somewhere around me. And we stayed together the whole time until, like, the very end, and I failed. She's like, oh, you're never going to come back. Mm. And broke up with me. I even turned, I had a job offer in California working for uh, this military drone contractor. Extremely good job, really good benefits, bonuses on your first check, they help you move out there, put you in an apartment while you look for somewhere to live. It was like, it was a really good company that came to our school and hired only a few people. And I was one of like, me and one other guy were like, when we were, we were working for the Riverwalk, and we both got offers. Mm. And I really wanted to go, but I was like, oh, I'm going to go back to, my plan's to go back to Chicago, so I'm going to turn this down. Looking back at it, I probably, I should have taken it. Yeah. But then I wouldn't be here doing this. Yeah, that's so true. Everything works out for a reason, but. So what's your uh, first topic you got there on your notes for? Uh, We've already been rolling through some of them. Delay. What about a delay? We can talk about a delay, right? What do you mean? Like an actual delay. 
like uh, I'm trying to think of a delay yesterday. I can think of a delay, an AOG part, right? For uh, a vent valve and uh, some screws missing. What was that in? Neither of us worked on it. No, we didn't. The guy who worked on it just completely took a shit out of it. It took a bigger, took a delay. I think the original write-up was uh, this plane flew in and uh, the crew was doing their walk around and they said um, some crews do a more thorough walk around than the others. Yeah, I thought that was really weird that he came in, that he saw that. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's you got to crawl under the plane up into, like, where the, the wheel bend, where the wheels go. Yeah, and he saw a couple of uh, fasteners missing, screws. Not a big deal, but as long as you got a lot of them. There was a lot, you know. But there were a few missing. So, anyway, uh, we didn't have the screws. Another perk to be in line maintenance. We never have half the parts that we need. So uh, in this particular aircraft, uh, manufacturer doesn't let you defer missing screws. Some let you defer missing screws up to a certain amount. This one, no. So we had to go AOG. AOG, what's AOG stand for? Aircraft on ground. Yeah. That's bad. On ground. That's bad. That's not where airplanes are supposed to be. They don't make money there. So, um, these screws, I'm getting, like, distracted. I don't know what, but uh, help so me out So, we're missing here. these screws. We're missing these screws. We go AOG for them because we don't have them. Uh, another just, uh, base. We order them from, like, a hangar or something that actually has them, and they put them on one of our flights here. But, uh, anyway, so these screws, right, uh, they're missing we go AOG, and in the meantime, this other plane comes in, right? But this plane... Didn't we use that plane for parts? Yeah, like we had to take some other things. parts off of this plane. <laughs> so if a plane's down, since it's down anyway, if another plane comes in with a problem and it's the same type of plane, we're allowed to just go take that part off of the plane that's already down and put it on the other one so we can get it out. So this this particular my gosh I'm really distracted for some reason. Anyway, are you distracted? I don't have any idea. All right, yeah. let, let me put my dick away. Maybe that'll <laughs> be less distracting. Uh, so I was trying to tell about this delay and how because of we didn't have some screws, we went AOG, and the plane can't fly right because we don't have these screws. So. Right. Uh, we have some other planes. They're not really spare airplanes, but they're still flying. But they come in, they get these other flats thrown on it so we don't take cancels. And then that pushes. That's how these maintenance delays. It might be a maintenance delay in Houston because of a plane here that broke in Minneapolis. Yeah, I think you hit on a good point, too. You'll be sitting at the gate, like passengers will be sitting at the gate, and they'll be like, oh, uh, we have a gate change. We're now departing out of whatever gate. That's because the plane that you're supposed to fly out on broke. And instead of having you sit there for 
two hours, three hours while we fix it or figure out what's wrong or wait for a part or whatever's wrong with it. We'll have a plane that'll be down for three, four hours. Like it'll be three, say it's like three o'clock. And this plane that's supposed to be out at four breaks. And we have a plane sitting there that isn't due out until 10. They'll swap the flights on those planes so now you're on that plane that was supposed to go out at 10, but now going wherever you're going. And they'll put that 10 o'clock flight on the broken plane to give us time to fix it. Yeah. And, uh... What are you distracted <laughs> on? There's nothing here. We're sitting in an empty room doing this. What is distracting you? I'm not sure. So I know we hit on this way early in the podcast, and I was going to bring this up, but then we got, uh, we got cooking with something else, and I was like, I'll, I'll bring it up later. And that seems like a good time. I saw this article on, uh, I forgot where I saw it, but it linked in it was a YouTube video. It was a, it was a news channel talking about how some aircraft mechanics feel pressured by like their company or like supervisors or leads or whatever. They feel pressured, and uh, I guess the, the word I'm not the best word for it, but expediting maintenance. So like the plane's been down, they want it up. So like they feel pressured into doing some sketchy things or mm-hmm. not making it the most airworthy type of plane. You feel you ever feel that kind of pressure? I never have. No, I'm pretty laid back in general, but. But no, I've never have. I've never even. I've never even seen that in any company I've ever worked for. Yeah, I mean, this is the only company I've worked for. I've only been here two years, so I'm I'm kind of new, still relatively new compared to like these 35, 40 year mechanics and shit. Which is even, not me. Even Landon's been here, ten. Ten, yeah, going on ten. Yeah, but I've never, especially with this company, is very good with being very accommodating. Oh, that's great. But even other companies, I don't think they'd be in that discussion of getting planes out just to not take delays and just to get them out in, like, not the greatest condition. I think a lot of that was, uh, uh, there was some union crap involved with that, I think. I'm not sure, but I just kind of remember. I didn't read the same article. Yeah, Maybe I, I did. when but. it was. It was probably... Within this year sometime, probably a month or two ago that I read it. Yeah, there's always a few bad apples out there trying to make people look bad, too. Yeah, and I was even told, like, don't rush anything. Yeah, mistakes Even if you're going to take a delay. As line mechanics, our job is be as quick as possible, but also safety is the only thing above that. Yeah, I agree. Safety first, always. Yeah, because I've thought about it, like, if maintenance control will call and be like, hey, just sign this off, we need this in the air, I'll be like, no. Yeah, nobody's ever... No, I'm working on it. I'm not going to just sign it off. They call and ask a lot of questions. How much longer? Oh, yeah, especially, like, you're out in Edmonton fixing a 
harness on a nose gear and they're calling every hour. It's like, like negative 30. I had that happen. I was up, I flew up to Edmonton for, uh, oh, it was, I forgot why, but I ended up changing the whole uh, landing gear harness, the wow harness. Yeah. There's sensors on all the landing gear that let you know where what position the wheels are in, whether they're down, weight on wheels, or they're up, weight off wheels, flying. And one of those sensors was bad. So I changed that harness. It was one of those that are sectionalized or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just changed the harness, or just the sensor, and it didn't fix it. So I was like, shit. The pilot and maintenance control were calling me, and I was like, yeah, it's going to be like just the, ha- just the sensor. Give me like hour, hour and a half. Yeah. You never know exactly what's yeah. going to fix things, but... Well, before all of this, I flew in the night before, and the lead mechanic was like, it's going to be in a hangar. When you get there, it's all good. So I just bring, like, it's still Canada, so I still bring, uh, like, my hood, whatever I had on, like, my hoodie, my extreme weather, Under Armour shit. And uh, I fly in, we land, and there's a plane sitting just outside. And I was like, I really hope that's not the plane I'm here to fix. But I call the, call the escort guy. I was like, yeah, I'm here, I'm waiting, just got out of customs. He's like, all right, just sit there and I'll come pick you up. So he walks up and I got like three, three, four boxes with me. And he goes, is that all you brought to wear? And I was like, yeah, it's a plane's in a hangar, it's fine. He's like, no, it's not, it's sitting outside. I was like, it's not that plane we just drove past taxing in, is it? He's like, yeah. And so I called maintenance control. I was like, yeah, it's like negative 20 out here. I'm not changing this shit outside. So he's like, all right, yeah, that, like, back with them being completely understandable. He's like, yeah, that's, it's, it's fucking cold out. He's like, just go to the hotel and they'll get you a hot- uh, hangar in the morning. So I went to the hotel and they got it a hangar in the morning. And it was like a really small hangar too. They had to call like the oldest guy there that's been there the longest to come in on his day off just to push it in the hangar because he's the only one that could get it to fit. I don't think I've ever been to Edmonton. I'm then, not sure uh, where Edmonton is anyway. I was sitting there and I was changing, changed the sensor and it didn't work. So I, was, I already told them it was like an hour, hour and a half. And then he come, I get another call. They're like, yeah, we're about to head over to the hangar so we can leave. And I was like, eh, I'd hold off. It's going to be another two, three hours. I got to change this whole harness. Oh, man, Edmonton's way up there. Edmonton's the farthest north that we fly. Yeah, it's a long no, it's like above, uh, what is that? Idaho. That was my first Canada road trip. I was so happy. I was like, man, I, fi- I finally get to go on a Canada road trip. Got my passport like a year ago and oh, that's never over got to use it. Banff. Just... That's where that's at. I've never been. Have you ever been to Banff? Where's Whistler? It's uh, British Columbia. Where's Brit- is British Columbia on that side or that side? The other side. I pointed two directions. <laughs> Side. <laughs> <laughs> Central side, I believe. <laughs> Where's British Columbia, Saskatchewan? Are you Mantle. sure it's British Columbia? Cause well, I, thought, I, thought, I thought Whistler was like oh, British Columbia is over Quebec by or whatever. No oh, hell. Quebec the, is the one that's above Seattle. No, Whistler is BC. Yeah, it's right above Vancouver, which is above Seattle. And then you know, we should probably out. just add like a end to this. Since uh, I think we're done. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's all the time we got for today. Heck so, yeah, that was a good. One. We'll give this another whirl. Hope uh, hope to see you guys back next week. We'll try to do these uh, weekly. As long as uh, we don't keep getting interrupted 
I got more chairs. Chair throwing. I can throw as many as I can. Lead mechanics. All right, that's a wrap.